Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I make up one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. All right. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good morning. Good afternoon. And good evening to everyone. I am well. My week was good. It was super busy. I had to take our daughter to get her bracket replaced on her braces. You know, we, we have two children, but we have the pleasure of doing braces three times because she didn't wear her retainer. So this is her second round of braces, another $5,000. And she had a bracket that was, you know, that fell off. So we had to, I had to go pick her up from school, take her to get the bracket replaced and then take her back to school. So I'm tired, but my week was good. I'm, I'm here. I'm well. How about your week? Um, my week was good, but then at the end of the week, I had to take my car to the dealership. And uh, I spit out like a little over a thousand dollars. So you know how it is. If it ain't one thing, it's another. But you know, glory be to God, I had the money to shell out to pay for it. Uh, but I still got more work to do on it. So um, <laughs> tell me about it. Welcome to car ownership. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. And, um, welcome to the show, everyone. And as always, we start our show off with a wow. Ah, uh, this is a familiar face. Dale. <laughs> Dale. So, uh, Harry Belafonte states, my activism always existed. Uh, activism. Yeah. My art gave me the platform to do something about the activism so basically he said before he was famous you know he was an activist and fame brings a platform and so he had notoriety so therefore he could use his activism and showcase it on a bigger stage with a bigger platform to get the message out so basically, that's what he is saying. What say you? Absolutely. It's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? But what this quote reinforces for me is that activism comes before the platform. So Harry Belafonte was an activist before he became a famous entertainer. His platform, like as you said, became a powerful tool that he was able to use to be a more effective activist who could reach more people and have a greater impact. 
we can't expect someone with a platform to be an activist just because they have a platform. This is why we shouldn't berate celebrities who choose not to speak on political and or social issues. Activism is not everyone's ministry. I'd rather for some celebrities to remain quiet than to speak and make matters worse or fail to make things better. You don't suddenly become an activist just because you're famous and you're a celebrity. It really should be who you are already. And I think it was Harry Belafonte's ministry to be an activist. That's who he was as a person. So these are indeed words of wisdom and truer words have never been spoken. So yes, my activism always existed. My art gave me the platform to do something about the activism. That is Harry Belafonte. music is so soothing I almost feel like I need to take a nap (laughs) we don't want you to do that (laughs) who's the artist again Uh, you told us once you told us before yeah I'll get it yeah and let us move on So our first plug of the day is always our product. And today I bring you something special. It's these Hawaiian punches. So what are they exactly? Hawaiian punches are, they're powder. Um, They come in these little sticks and you put them into your water and you shake it up. They're sugar-free. And um, sometimes in the wintertime, when you know you're supposed to drink a certain amount of water this can help you because it flavors it it comes in all assortment of flavors mm-hmm. that you find it so i usually take grapes sometimes i um splash a little lemon juice inside of the water too mm-hmm. um, i usually freeze it and the water comes out great and um as i guess with the flavor sometimes the taste is makes it easier to consume now i can drink water without it but sometimes i switch up uh, the monotony of just the water to Mm -hmm. flavor it so yes hawaiian punch check it out i think they're 99 cents a box and it come eight packets coming inside so i usually get three um boxes and that lasts me for the month. Reminds me of Kool-Aid. Pretty much. Kool-Aid packets. <laughs> yeah. And let us move on. Oh, what's going on?
So what's going on this week? And we will start with mm. Did Joe Smith's wife, Keisha, disrespect him by creating an OnlyFans page? I, I think that's what it's called, right? OnlyFans? Yes. Yeah. Um, so they were arguing. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. Getting this from a, here, let me do it. Wait. Wait, no, 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 Calm, but you're not going to say fuck me, or that's fucked up. It's not you're fucked up. <sighs> Listen, it's not fucked up, and we're going to, okay, look, so I have an OnlyFans page, and he's mad because he's just now finding out about it. I'm not doing it with anybody but myself, so why should I have to tell you my choice, my body, my body, my fucking choice? Joe, I've been talking to you about mad things. I've been asking for solutions to shit. You're not giving me none, so I created one. That's no solution. Not in my book. You knew who the fuck I was when you met me. Before. Before. Before, before, yeah, before, yeah, before and I that. thought that I would never have to go Man, back to Charlie, anything I like that, that ever again. Unfortunately, that's not the case but right after now. That, everything's supposed to change. Everything did change. Oh, no, 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 no. I was everything. Saying, I no, it had to. I had I to do saying, something. You're still out there showing your body. You're still out there doing stuff like this on camera. You act like that's the only thing that I do. I have mad jobs, but they're not facilitating everything that needs to be done. So I got something extra. Only fans be breaking me off. answer the question what was it disrespectful she says no it wasn't my body my choice what does that mean in this situation and she feels like just because she's not doing anything with another person on the only fans that is not disrespectful it's her body her choice I I'm so confused. There's so much going on here. Uh, how are you confused? Do you think that's because disrespectful what she's doing to her husband? I think it's disrespectful because he feels that she should have informed him that she was doing this. Sure, it's your choice, 
But he's just saying it's a matter of, could you have just let me know? Like, why do I have to find out in the street? But then he found out from a woman that he's cheating on her with. Did you get that? No, I didn't hear that. Yes, because where is it? It said, uh, she explained that he didn't find out about the OnlyFans until a friend that he's been entertaining alerted him. Well, and you, she said that they have they've been having problems in their marriage. They've been struggling with mental um, health issues, with financial issues, wait, 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 wait. and with cheating. How did, how, how did? Oh, she said cheating. Yeah, she said they've been dealing with infidelity in the marriage. Infidelity, mental health issues, and financial issues. Okay, so my my question on the entertaining, are we turning that into an affair? What else would it be? I'm just putting two and two together. She said said they've had infidelity issues. Well, I mean, it could have been. And she said this is something, someone he has been entertaining. Well, entertaining me is could be that he's talking to this individual, maybe with interest, but um, yeah, I think that's infidelity, even though it's not, probably not sex. So that's why I'm saying I'm confused because it's like, he's saying you disrespecting me, but by the same token, he's disrespecting her. It's like they have. He's not just, he he wasn't disrespecting her on a national platform. You know, um, if TMZ was aware of it and it got out, then I would say yes. But her doing the OnlyFans, how is it, you know, her body, her choice when you, you're married. I, I mean, yeah, you can do what you want, but wouldn't that be a discussion with your significant other? Exactly. And that's where I think the disrespect comes in. She didn't even think enough of him to have a discussion with him or at least say, okay, I'm she starting probably an did think, page. But she knew he wasn't going to agree to it. So, you know. I know, but she's not asking for his permission, obviously. <laughs> I mean, was she said she made an executive have, decision. She feels she feels like the problems, the financial problems that they're having warrant her going out and creating this page to get money. And then that's like you I, said, she was on TMZ and that's drawing more attention. So that would draw more attention to her page, which will probably increase the revenue for that page that she's bringing in and it can help out. But now with this new news that you dropped that they're having mental health issues or infidelity. I mean, I don't know what the mental health issues stem from. It could be from from rich to poor to to not rich. I'll tell you the way she explained it is that he suffered from depression because after his career he went from being a first round draft pick to um not being asked to basically being cut I guess after but but he had a long 16 year career and he didn't know she said he didn't know what to do after he was no longer employed by the NBA she felt like he should have tried to at least um gone into broadcasting or try to parlay 
his career into another profession. Well, um, but he went into a depression over it. And it's like, why she couldn't have compassion for her husband and understand. You don't know she had compassion for her. Like you do this a lot. Like you reflect on an individual when you don't know what happened. You don't know if she had compassion. You don't know how long this depression lasts. You know, you, you don't, don't you no. don't know. We don't even know if he was she was talking to Joe because a lot of players, when they're coming toward the end of their career, they start setting up stuff for afterwards. And they tell all the players that when they rookies. But it's you like, know, she doesn't have compassion if she says it was a decision that she made. She made an executive decision when my man wasn't taking the lead. So she stated this publicly. So you are, to me, you're portraying your husband in a negative light and publicly shaming him for not being a leader when you know he has mental health issues. Like that's not showing compassion. Show, you know, berating your husband publicly and not putting him in a positive light and in fact, putting him in a negative light. And she said on TMZ, I I'm tired of being the one who comes up with the solutions. She said, I started a, a, a moving company and he is employed by me further humiliating her husband publicly. Like that's not helpful. And the man had mental health. He suffered from depression. Like that's not to me. That's why I, I, I think you're putting too much on her. I think you I think you putting too much on her shoulders without knowing the whole thing. And that's not fair at all. You're speculating based on some of the tidbits of information. We're not in the house. We don't know if she implored him to go get help with therapy. We don't know the, the countless of times and hours she could have spent talking to him saying that we have to do something. If you're, if you're in, if you're suffering from depression, then you need to go seek help. Now I do agree with you out of frustration. She was berating cause she's basically saying, okay, you provided for us all these years. Now you're not playing basketball. I'm still expecting you to be the man of the house, quote unquote you're berating and emasculating him by saying, well, since you ain't going to do it, I have exactly. to do it. Exactly. Now him, 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 her saying she works for him. Uh, I don't know. Her. Yeah, yeah. I don't her. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know how much berating that is because that means she got a job and he started to work. No, so, it's a business. It was a moving business. Right. But I'm saying she it's started the company and she, he agreed. Uh, agreed to work for her. So to me, it's not about, and I always say this in relationships, and when you start doing this, your relationship is difficult. When you start pointing fingers and start blaming, you're heading nowhere fast. That has to stop. Right, because, because it's a partnership. You, right, but and she... only when you, also when you doing that, you putting someone down for the sake of praising yourself. Exactly. Why couldn't it be? We it was a partnership, and we uh, started this business together. Why does she have to say that about him publicly like that? Like that, I just did not find that. That I, I didn't see that as being cool, especially after a sixteen-year NBA career. And, and I'm not counting their money, but 
I would imagine that that is enough for a family to retire on if it's managed properly. So I want to know, like, what was her role in, in the, in, in the finances? Did she live it up with a lavish lifestyle and not put money away? And her husband is an NBA player for 16 years. That's significant. That's a lot of money. Okay, so wait, how, wait, are you, wait, wait. how are you, how, how are you how, saying hold, hold that on, he's on. not having, on, having any financial hold issues on, when on. this man hold had a 16-year NBA Wait, 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 wait. How are you solely putting that on her when he was the one making money. So you could say the same thing to Joe. Exactly. Smith. But he's not publicly berating her for not having the family in the proper financial position, but she's doing that to him. That's not fair. He's counteracting to what he's saying about her having only fans. That's what she's doing. And was it wrong? Yeah, I do agree, but I, it, it was wrong, but you getting on her, like all the responsibilities was Hers, you're a multimillionaire, Joe Smith. You're making plenty of money playing basketball, even if it's just five or six million dollars a year, because now the money they make is ridiculous. Anthony Davis makes sixty-two right. million dollars a year. But if you do that six times ten is sixty million, if you made over X amount of money as an NBA player and it's all gone, then yeah, the 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 family is complaining, but they're not the only ones. But I just feel that that's not fair to him as someone who earned that kind of money. And then now you're going to say, I'm the one who's coming up with the financial solutions. I mean, give him credit 16 years of an NBA salary. And I, you can't put the blame totally on him either. We don't know that you guys are not in a good financial position to retire. We don't know, but we don't know. Like he he earned a hundred million, probably. I think I read. Uh, you looking it up? It says sixty one million two hundred twenty thousand seven hundred and ninety six. Another one says one hundred million five hundred forty six dollars seventy three. But nah, it's not his his postseasons right here. Is that he didn't make a lot? Like that's what I was saying. Like when he got drafted in '95, his first was two million four hundred seventy three. You know, he made less than his highest salary was six million eight hundred thousand dollars. That was in oh six oh seven. That's the highest he made. So he made what it his salaries add up to sixty one million two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So if you look at that where he played, um, it's that's about thirty million dollars they brought home in cash because he's at right. fifty percent mark. And it's and, and and most of us will never see a fraction of that, and will be and still be okay financially. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the lifestyle, though. Some people live well, you don't have lifestyle. to live. You don't have yeah, to. Live. I know you're using. It's not your, what you make. Your, it's what on, you keep. Right, Kim, you're using your astuteness in yourself, and you're putting it, trying to put them in your shoes. Everybody, like you say, doesn't have that strong, firm foundation or that education. There are plenty of professional athletes that blew all their money. They have a whole 30 for 30 document uh, documentary on that. 
So that's what happened. So let's not go back. It's spilled milk, you know. They should have said, of course they should have said. I know they realize that. You realize you should have said when you run out of money so fast. That's when you start having regrets. But really, this is down to... Right, so they may have both made mistakes. So why would you, you know, put publicly berate him like that? You see what I'm saying? Like, I agree with you on that. I don't yeah. think she should have done that. But I do think she did that to get more publicity, which they have, because we're talking about it, not saying that we're a huge podcast. I'm just saying we're talking about it. But I have she no desire to go to her only. I have you're, no an you're an individual. You're an individual. To her only fans You're an individual. You are an oh, individual. We'll see. Hopefully. Help. But she also said that she was a singer as well. Because I'm trying to figure out, okay, what was she hoping to accomplish by putting their business on display she was um, trying to draw more people to probably her social media well that and then i'm wondering like is she trying to garner sympathy from people because of the financial condition that they have found herself there's themselves in and she's trying to solve it she seems like she was trying state. to just she was trying to justify i'm doing what i need to do to hold the family down because you ain't doing shit Right. And so to me, it's like she's trying to get public support for that for some I, reason. I still and think I was thinking maybe I don't, I don't people think maybe she thinks people will feel sorry enough for her that they will support her um singing career as well, because she's also a singer. You know what I mean? So people may feel like, well, if you're a talented singer, we'll support you so that you guys can get back on your feet or whatever. But yeah, it's I just feel I it's hard to sympathize with people who have made that kind of money. It's like, what did you, I understand people make mistakes. They can make, you know, bad investments and things of that nature, but it's just so difficult to believe that someone can make $30 million and not save a significant it's people. I mean, I, mean I, I know it happens all the time. I yeah. know that. But then when she was on TMZ, she talked about their two homes. Like she said, we have a home over here that I'm trying to save. And we have a home that we currently live in that we're trying to hold on to. So. She's to me, she's trying to draw attention to herself. Maybe have a reality show, maybe do something. She's I'm not going mad at that. She's, she's going on. She's going about it the best way she can. I I do agree with you, but this is what she's doing, right? And does it put Joe Smith in a bad light? It does. Well, he moved out. Yeah. So now she's afraid they're going to get get a divorce, and then she had the nerve to be on T TMZ crying, crying real tears, talking about I don't want to be alone, but. If that's what it has to be, then that's what it has to be. But I don't think we'll have a divorce. I don't think so. I think he'll come around. I mean, is this her way of getting him to come around? I, I'm so confused. I don't know how we don't, she we don't, this is effective this, this in getting is, him to this come is, around. Listen, this is what I try not to do. <laughs> and you do a lot of. <laughs> you put your way of thinking into everybody else. Typical Sagittarius, right? So what I'm saying is how... They manage their lives. It's not the way you and your husband manage your lives. They probably don't have the same amount of education that you and your husband have. That's a speculation. And when I say that, then also we we were not way older than them because of 
Joe, I think Joe Smith played two years in college at University of Maryland. So mm. if he got out in 95, that means he went to school in 93. That puts him a year younger than my youngest brother. So this year, Joe Smith should be around 48 years old. So that's not far from either one of us in age. You get what I'm saying? So we don't I know. Do, but she she stated publicly on TMZ that she she said that uh, they have been struggling, like I said, with mental health issues, finances, and infidelity throughout the marriage, and they need counseling. So she has enough sense to know that that they need he needs counseling and they need couples counseling. Well, you know, I think this all probably stems from the from the finances. You live in you live in one lifestyle, then your lifestyle changes. Right. And then her argument that you knew who I was before you married me. And when you got with me, it's you knew what I was doing. It's to me, that's irrelevant because he's saying, listen, I understand that. All I'm saying is, can you pay me the respect and the courtesy of just saying, hey, I'm doing this. So he won't find out on the street. That I don't you I don't are, think pay me, the respect, pay me the respect and courtesy not to do it. That's what I would say, not to do it. Because I, if only if only fans page is just a bunch of nudity, then you're drawing people to your site to sell pictures or uh, photos of your body. And that's, that's what he said, supposed, like you're showing your body. That's supposed right. to be shared between husband and wife. And well, so technically, I, I get, and I mean, and only fans, regardless of. You, you're saying when you say technically, that should be shared unless you. <laughs> You it's, and your husband have a consent yes. agreement. And yeah. obviously he didn't have, he wasn't consenting to what she was doing. So regardless I, of what you may be doing on OnlyFans, I think the problem is, is that OnlyFans has a negative connotation now. They've developed a brand where regardless, you could be on there baking cupcakes. It has a negative connotation. And so if you hear that your spouse has an OnlyFans page, it's just, you know, not going to be um, received very well, you know, by 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 the other yeah, spouse. So we don't know. I haven't looked at her OnlyFans page. Is she stripping or taking new photos? I'm assuming so, because he said you're on there showing your body. And she said, my body, my choice. She said, okay, I'm not so doing yeah, anything with anybody I don't, else. I don't so agree you shouldn't be worried about it. She, like I said, she thinks her condition or their condition warrants her to create that. And like she says, OnlyFans be breaking me off. What the fuck? Like, right. So right. basically she's saying, I'm getting money. Like right. I am getting money. You're not. I'm tired of coming up with the solutions. When he, she says this was me before, like, well, I, I'm sorry. I got to retreat back to that. But that's what I know. That's what she's trying to say. Yeah. Like all those 16 years of how long they were married with that money. She didn't change. She didn't bother to go get an education. I don't know. I'm speculating. But. But and let us move on. <laughs> you should have played this. Hey. Because it seems like North Carolina. 
the state of North Carolina grossly underfunded. Well, North Carolina a and underfunded compared to their white counterparts. Which is what, North Carolina State? Well, probably any other state schools in North Carolina. Well, I think they're comparing the land grant is institutions. At the NC State. Now, they mentioned NC State in the uh, article, and they said HBCUs overall were grossly underfunded. Right, because uh-huh. this new report by the U.S. Department of Education says states across the country have historically underfunded HBCUs when it comes to tax dollars received per student. They're saying it is 16. The federal government found that 16 states have underfunded HBCUs by more than $12 billion. Wow. And some of the schools across the country are suing to try and get some of that money back. You want to know what the 16 states are? Name them. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, and what we're talking about right now, North Carolina. So basically, all the schools that have HBCU, all the states that have right. HBCUs. Well, I, did you say Oklahoma? Uh, yes. Okay. Did you say South Carolina? I did. Yeah, pretty much that's it. Yeah, and and so this the Secretary of Education, his name is Miguel Cardona. He sent a letter to Governor Roy Cooper, um, the governor of North Carolina, saying over the last 30 years, North Carolina has underfunded North Carolina A&T by over $2 billion. And here's the problem. He sent the same exact letter to all 16 governors in these states. And he said, the longstanding and ongoing underinvestment in North Carolina A&T State University, that's not right, North Carolina A&T University disadvantages the students, faculty, and community that the institution serves. Furthermore, it may contribute to a lack of economic activity that would ultimately benefit North Carolina. So that's the problem is that they are withholding this money and giving more money to the white land grant institutions in the states when it would benefit everybody to properly and equally fund the HBCUs in those states because it's going to bring jobs to the community. It's going to basically a rising tide is going to lift all boats. It's going to create a highly educated workforce that is going to in turn improve the community, improve the entire economic condition of the community. So it's like, why else would you be withholding this money? It's like a it's like a win-win situation for everybody. And the conclusion to me is, is quite simply discrimination, is racism. I mean, what, what how else can you 
how else can you explain it, Dr. A? Um, I can't <laughs> explain it anyway. Um, this has been this is a long-standing situation that's been going on um, mm -hmm. to the peril of HBCUs, and we're already, you know, underfunded. Um, so uh, I think there should be a push um, for this revenue uh, to return to its rightful places. So Indeed. that's all I really have to state on that. Like, this is nothing but y'all did it. It's proven. Give some back. And the numbers don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> There's so. a clear disparity between the funding in the white land grant institutions and the HBCUs. So pay up. And let us move on. We move from one college to another. And this is University of Michigan. Go blue. Is this a cheating scandal with Jim Harbaugh? Is the, is the cheating scandal with Jim Harbaugh a big deal? Hmm. Uh, from all the sports pontificators um, I heard talk throughout the week in the sports talk shows that I listen to. Mm -hmm. They say all the schools do it. Um, but Two other wrongs don't make it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I heard. Yeah. But other Big Ten schools want Michigan dealt with. Um, and Michigan is in the Big Ten, which is an athletic conference um, in the country. And there are a lot of schools in there. University of Maryland's in the Big Ten, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, um, Michigan State, uh, Rutgers, Iowa. Uh, I think I said Ohio State, um, Wisconsin, Illinois. Yeah, I think I named them all. Um, and um, yeah, there's an issue that's going on, and they want folks to um, do something about it. This might make a cause for Harbaugh to lose his job. I doubt it. But if he does <laughs> he a lot a of NFL, you no, know, no, they said he could lose his job. Because um, wasn't it? Wasn't Okay, so the problem is here with the way they cheated is they're stealing signs, Signal, right? Signals, yeah. Okay, so in other words, when the coaches are on the sidelines and they're calling plays, they're stealing the signs for those particular. They're plays. going to other games that they're not participating in, and mm -hmm. they're videotaping the signs and signals of the other team, and then. You, if you look at, I'm assuming this, if you look at the signals long enough and you see the play that's run after the signal is up, and if you see a pattern at different games that, oh, when they do this signal, this is what they're running. So when we can communicate that to our defense or to our offense or what have you, and that is cheating. Okay. 
So we'll see what happens there. This is definitely not new, though, because, you know, they this happened in professional football with the uh, New England Patriots. Right. They were videotaping. Yeah. So it's not the fact of it it, it goes on. And even they even said the Patriots even said it goes on. But there's no um, that's no defense. I agree with you. But this is it is it is interesting. But you know what they say: if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying to win. Yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> that's a um, joke. I, no, I, I it's a statement. That. No, but it's yeah. a statement. That's what they say, and a lot of people say that. But but I, they're I, saying I, there's overwhelming evidence of this sign stealing. So my right, thing so is, they is want they want him, they feel like they should deal with Michigan, and you know Jim Harbaugh should go. I think they should deal with it. I think they should at least be. Um, punished or, you know, or fined or something. I mean, he already got in trouble. He missed the first three games, you know, of the season. So, But the university did that, right? The university sort of punished itself before. Yeah, but they were going to get punished. So they just self-imposed. They just did it. They probably but isn't there like two? Aren't, aren't there like two investigations going on? Because you got the NCAA investigation. And then you got the big Big Ten commissioner. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to share information. Yeah, because I think isn't the problem that the Big Ten commissioner is not acting quickly enough? Or yeah, the, I mean, because they feel like they know this goes on, and Michigan is not the only school doing it. So how much? That's why I said, should they make this a big deal? I think it is a big deal. Cheating should be discouraged and there's and if, not going to people are not going to be discouraged if, every, if, if you don't get published and punished every, when if everybody is doing it then it evil evens the playing field okay so you think is uh steroids was steroids uh a good thing in baseball steroid use since everybody see, was doing it i didn't see a problem with steroids if everybody was allowed to use it and so a lot of people that got busted, there's a lot of people that didn't get busted that used it, you know. Um, and some players admitted to that later. So I didn't mind. It did a lot for baseball. Those home runs that were coming in made baseball more exciting, had more people watching it. But you have your purists that thought that it was cheating. I, and I don't want to go down that road. I'm just saying if they're going to do something, they should they should act accordingly and they should act swiftly whatever they're going to do i agree um but you know it's going to set a precedent so what does he miss another game i guess but it's going to keep i guess you're right they want it to keep happening because it's going to keep happening if it's not punished swiftly and severely people are going to be Every, like, oh, if everybody I'm... is doing it then it just it evens out But then again, as a spectator, it's like, do you really want to be watching this? It's basically wrestling then. No, it isn't. (laughs) It's fake. Like if everybody knows. It's like Deion Sanders said, Deion Sanders said, you can know what I'm calling. You still got to stop it. So you you, you can know the plays that a basketball team has or what have you. You still have to stop them. So. It don't matter if he's like, oh, okay, we 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 know Michigan State, you know, we know like 12 of their calls. Oh, they're about to run it. 
All right, we know it's coming, get in place, and then boom, touchdown. Well, y'all knew it was coming. But here's the interesting thing that I read. Sign stealing is actually allowed if it's not done using electronics to relay information to players or coaches. Programs cannot, however, send anyone to scout a future opponent in person within the same season. In-person scouting of opponents has been outlawed since 1994. So that's where they messed up. The guy, I think he resigned already, but he actually went to the other games. They yeah, said they seen was, them there. But like right. I said, you get other people to do it that, you know, you may not recognize. It's, it's, if you're going to cheat, cheat right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> if you're going to cheat, don't get caught. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And let us move on. Okay. From football or basketball, is the NCAA being unfair towards the Bewley twins? I'm believing that's how you announce that. Bewley, yeah. Yes. So, in short... Uh, they play for West Oak Elite, I believe it is. Um, and the NCAA says that this wasn't NIL deals. This was compensation from the salary. That's what they were saying. From this Overtime day. Elite Academy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is it? Overtime Elite o- Overtime Academy. Elite. O-T-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they were saying. Um, I wonder how good these kids are because they're going to Chicago State, which is not a powerhouse. I think that's like a black school in Chicago or a highly um, minority represented school. Um, It's not Division I? You know what? I think I know why they went there. They went there because their AAU coach um went there so his name is gerald gillian he was so they're trying to change the landscape because that's not the toughest competition you know but anyway i think the nil the uh, ncaa is doing them wrong if they have contracts and they're making money let them make their money if not then make sure that you uh create a new policy and spell it out well, the policy is that you can't play professionally, right? And then try to, you, if you if you play professionally, you will lose your eligibility to play in college. And if you do, you know, you can you can get around that by making like it uh, making it a scholarship deal because I think that's what OTE did, and that's where they the problem came in because at first they were a professional organization and they were paying salaries to the players. I think it was like $100,000 was the average salary or whatever. But then they, uh, the other twins played with them, a man and a sore. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, they played with them. One's on the Rockets, one's on the Pistons. Right. So in order to get around that rule, OTE switched to 
providing financial aid and scholarships. And so that would allow players to then be eligible to play in college. So I think what happened with um, what, what the Buley twins is their first contract did say salary, but it, in actuality, it ended up being an NIL deal that they sold the rights to and, and received compensation for that. And then even though they were getting paid, the NCAA was saying they got paid over the, th the, the, the cap or the threshold amount that you're allowed to make without it, you know, without losing your eligibility. So I just think it was a it's semantics issue and they're not being treated fairly because some of the players from their same team did, you know, um, have college eligibility. So it's, it does seem, um, ran, uh, what's the word? Uh, not random. The word I'm looking for is, uh, I, I can't think of the word right now, but just it basically you're not applying the rules uh, equally. equally. Yeah. Right. You're uh, arbitrary. That's the word I'm looking for. They're being arbitrary with how they apply the rules because, you know, they apply to one person and not to another. And that's what his, that's what their attorneys are arguing. So do you think it could possibly be because they OTE and organizations like that um, are providing another path to the NBA and the NCAA feels like that's competition for them because they want to. There's already their there's NBA already di there's already different paths to the NBA, but the NCAA is the most uh, recognition. So that's why our kids choose college. You can go across seas and play professional basketball. You can play in the C League, but the C League doesn't have the television contract that the NCAA has. So if you're gone and you're a person that's not a shoe in yet, mm -hmm. when you go and play, you know, you're given a chance to scouts to look at scouts look at you and you you know, some of those junior colleges are um sorry, some some of the um C leagues already have have grown men playing there. But mm -hmm. a lot of kids are starting to do that. There's a, the 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 Thompson twins did it, so you're gonna see more of that because the NCAA is weak. It ain't what it was like when you and I were in school. When you and went to school all four years, and you knew the impact he was gonna have in the NBA before he came. Mm -hmm. You knew when somebody came in that was a freshman and was playing against Pat Union as a center. You knew like, oh, okay, this guy is good because he's basically taking. A, a future Hall of Fame NBA center and taking them to school. Mm, and, and, okay, and, but and Ewan was, as far as I'm concerned, the most dominant player ever to come into college. Wow. Yeah. I I, I can't argue with you and on that. I think Chris Webber probably was second. And when I mean dominant, I'm talking about when they got the ball down in the middle, they was dunking it or grabbing a rebound with ferociousness. But here's the thing though, don't 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 players then have to make a choice because if they decide to go professional and say it doesn't pan out and they don't 
get the opportunity or they fail to make it to the NBA, they can't then change their minds and say, oh, I'm going to just go go to school, right? No, they can't. So now you feel you like your hands pro. are tied and you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like well, you, I mean, that's the choice you made. Right. But that's the dilemma. And I, I think I don't, it it's not like a they, dilemma anymore because of the NIL. Not. Okay. You know, if you're a good basketball player, it's not a dilemma. You can get the insurance and you can go into school. Look at Shadour. I think he's making over $3 million. I just saw the white girl from LSU that's a gymnast just have a commercial with her yoga pants and stuff like that. So, but wait, isn't it? But it's totally, it seems like it's totally different um, between base, baseball, basketball, and football because most, most football players will stay and play the whole four years in college. Most, most of them. Right. Because you, I mean, what if you have some developing to do as an athlete? Doesn't it make more sense for you as a basketball player? I mean, you're going to try, you're going to get the scouts. Scouts give a preliminary report saying who's going where, what are you projected? If you're projected a high pick, you take the news and go on. But if you're not, then yeah, you just become regular. So you might as well get a college education. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, get two, know. get two degrees. You can okay, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that is. Do you think they're being treated unfairly? I said no, not anymore. You don't think the Bewley twins are being treated unfairly? Oh, the Bewley twins. Yeah, if 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 it's an, an ideal, yeah. But if it's employment, then no, I don't think they're being treated unfairly. Well, we're going to have to decide that in court. And let us move on. What are we doing? Let me do this one more time. Let us move on. <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute. Hey. All right. Our brand plug today is Faces, Body and Soul by Miss Felicia York. And if you're watching this, you can check out the QR code. Um, if you're listening, faces, body, soul, jewelry is is the Instagram. I'm wearing them today. Okay, so we're gonna show you in a second when we blow it up. So okay. here are. Let me. Uh, jump out of this real quick uh so we can see it yeah here are a pair of earrings that is one pair by faces body and soul i have those as well okay and then we have an additional pair on here i love those i want okay. those uh, then <laughs> i might have to buy those too we have. Can you hear my husband in the background yelling? No. Okay, good. Oh, I like those too. These. You pull them back. And then 
we have these. Ooh. So these are four items that you know can get. She has several pair and this also customization for faces, body, and soul. You'll see Kim show off your earrings. Check me out. Check me out. Okay. And I can attest that each piece is uniquely designed and made with one very special ingredient, and that is love. And the customer service is impeccable. I received my package in a very timely manner, and it was wrapped very nicely. And you can tell that everything was done with a lot of care and love. Okay. I'm a loyal customer. So if you want, again, faces, body, and soul, there is a QR code for all of those who are watching us. Take the time, get a snapshot, and support the business. Absolutely. Okay. Here we go, yo. And let us move on. <coughs> Y'all right, go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what, so what, so what's the scenario? All right, so. We have the 12-year-old carjacker. Mom's turned her son in. Okay, so let me just off with this, giving us the background information. Yes, I'm going to lay out the details of this because this is just this is a crazy story because there's been an uptick for some reason in carjackings in the DMV and probably across the country. I've seen all kinds of crazy videos of people carjacking people. So in this particular case. Uh, an attempted armed carjacking left a 13-year-old dead and a 12-year-old in custody. And this happened on Saturday, October 28th, when, as I said, a 13-year-old child who was later identified as Bernard Tony Jr. was killed by an off-duty security officer with the U.S. Marshal Service when the 12-year-old and the 13-year-old attempted to carjack the security officer who was inside his car at the time. According to testimony from a D.C. police detective, the two suspects approached a car that was parked on D Street Northwest about 10 p.m. on Saturday. And the detective testified, testified that the surveillance video showed the two suspects going to the car as they both put their hands on their waistbands as if to indicate that they both had a weapon. The 13-year-old approached from the passenger side and the 12-year-old from the driver's side. And the officer who was sitting in the passenger seat got out of his car and fatally shot the 13-year-old. So the 12-year-old took off running but he was captured on the surveillance video. So the 12-year-old 
made his first appearance in court on Wednesday, November 1st before a judge. And that's when we found out that it was his mother who had turned him in. So after the police released a, a picture of this 12-year-old suspect who was fleeing the scene of this crime, his mother recognized him and called the police. And he got arrested and was charged with armed carjacking. But when the police searched his, his bedroom, searched the 12-year-old boy's bedroom, they found the clothing that he was wearing in the video, but no weapons were recovered at the scene of the attempted carjacking or from a search of the boy's room. So this is, this is crazy. This is, this is just unbelievable. Now the 13 year old who was killed, this is interesting. Um, he was a seventh grader at Kelly Miller, Kelly Miller Middle School in Northeast DC. But what's interesting is that he had, he had been arrested in May in connection with a number of, a number of armed carjackings in Southeast DC. And at the time he was 12. Um, and, and they don't know like what ended up happening with those cases, but he had, you know, previously been arrested. So the 12 year old, the one that's current, that was arrested um, and that flee the scene of the crime and was arrested. This was his first time uh, being caught, uh, car, you know, being caught doing anything illegal. Um, but he did, he, he does have, they found out in court when he made his first appearance that he has a history of anger management problems dating back to when he was five years old. But he, again, never has been in trouble with the police. And this was the first time he had been arrested. And he did lie to the judge and say that he was 13 years old when he's actually 12, which I don't understand. What yeah, why would you lie up? Right, right. So those are the details of this crazy, crazy case. And so, so what's the question for us? So the under this scenario, Dr. A, the question is, would you, under these circumstances, turn your 12-year-old child into the police? I would. Um, and people may look at that as like, how could you turn your own son in? I said, because my son committed actions that caused a young man to lose his life. And Allegedly. also he tried to threaten others. Why you say allegedly? Well, because I unless mean, you don't believe you're, you're innocent until proven guilty okay. in a court of law. Well, if I saw my son running from a carjacking, I would. I'm not going to harbor somebody, aid and abet them. I'm not, you know, going to see myself get in trouble, and I'm not going to make it worse for him. You need to turn yourself in and cooperate right, right away. I see what you're saying because if the police think they have identified you as the suspect running from the scene, then yes, you do want to cooperate, but you're not necessarily guilty of anything until you're proven so in court because everybody's entitled to a defense, right? 
the question is, would you turn your son in? <laughs> Defense or not? Okay, so here's as a mother, I'm I'm going to speak on on behalf of myself and as an officer of the court as well. I do understand that eventually, as I said, if the police want to, uh, if if he's a suspect in a in a crime, then yes, I would have to turn my son over. But it would be after much wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth and much agonizing because anybody, you and I sitting here could be accused of committing a crime and end up incarcerated. Yeah, but charged you, with you're, a crime you're painting, you're painting. If you if, get caught up in this justice system. Okay, okay, and I'm listen, just hold concerned hold on, hold on. as I'm, a mother of I'm, a black child, especially a black male. I'm cutting that, this off. I'm cutting this off. You do this all the time. You paint, you're painting a different scenario. Don't give us other options. Just deal with the one we have. Because what you're saying is... What other options you Because you're saying, like, you know, black men get arrested and picked up all the time, mistaken identity, wind up serving time in prison. And That's not true? It is true, but it has nothing to do with this scenario. It has everything to do with it because the point that I'm trying to make is that as a mother, I'm going to be conflicted because I know... That regardless of whether my son is innocent or guilty of committing this crime, he could get caught up in this quote unquote justice system. And I'm concerned of turning him over into that because I've always said I would advise any black man that the best way to deal with the justice system in America is to steer clear of it and stay as far away from it as you can. Because if you get caught up in it, whether you have done something, committed a crime or not. It could end. It could end poorly for you. That's and true. So but also, as a mother, can, that's why I feel conflicted of just th- turning. But you shouldn't feel conflicted over this scenario because you're this gentleman, the young man, I should say. Not even. Let me even go younger. This boy, because he's twelve years old, was caught on video fleeing the scene. Allegedly. Right. Right. Let's do the whole investigation. When they got to his house. The clothes that he they saw him running in was in his room. What was the it? I people, mean, what what if it was a white t-shirt and some jeans? Everybody if, got if, that. If it's if if it's mistaken information, then I understand the task you're going. But you're saying if these other things happen, I would be conflicted. These other things have not happened, right? We're saying that truthfully, because we're gonna switch it around in a second. Truthfully. Your son committed the crime. He's at your house. That's the mother saw her and said, that's my son. I'm going to turn him in. I think that's the best thing to do because if they catch him out on the street, probably they could shoot and kill him. So that's one thing I will be worried about. Two, I'm not harboring a fugitive or I'm not aiding and abetting a fugitive. I feel you get an attorney and let the attorney walk them in. Okay. That's what I feel that I would eventually do because especially as I said, as an officer of the court, I am held to a higher standard. Um, And I do have respect for the law, but I'm just saying as a parent, I would just feel conflicted. And it's going to take me a minute. And I'm going to have to contact an attorney and have them give us our options and walk me through the process. 
And so then I feel like I would, I would end up in the same place you are, but I would, I, I think I would just have, it would be a, a lot more agonizing with me than it seems to be with you. Cause you're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you got to go. You, yeah. yeah <laughs> you because go. I, here again, if I'm only going on me, I know how I would raise my son and your statement would be steer clear of that. Watch the company you keep steer right. clear of the law. But if you going to be big, bad guy at 12 years old and I'm raising you and providing for you and you feel the need to go out and carjack. But see, yeah. that's why I took the time to painstakingly go through the facts of this case. Again, we do have to turn the child in, but I say allegedly because he is entitled to a defense. Number one, how do you know that he was not under duress committing this crime? Again, this was his first time in trouble with the law. The other kid, the 13 year old that was killed, got has been in trouble before for the same thing, carjacking. So how do you know that he did not bully the 12-year-old. Well, the 12-year-old seemed like he had anger management issues. So well, not too many well, what people is, who have anger. anger what, what, how does get, anger translate no, to carjacking? No, no, those those kids don't get bullied. The ones that have anger management. That's not necessarily. Usually, well, usually you, they're you, not. You accuse me of assuming things. I said That's usually not. I said yeah. If you got anger management since you five years old, that means you just, fly off the lid quick. Just because somebody angry don't mean they can't they they can fight and they can't get their butt whooped. You're not gonna necessarily be a bully just because you got anger management issues. If if you fighting, but you can whooping, go around if, starting something. If you if you if you fighting, period, people are not gonna bully you if you fighting. They fight. They bully people that don't fight back. Um, but no, let's not even jump. Let's not even jump on that. Okay, I want to yeah, say let's switch, let's switch to another scenario, the second one, because this one is more difficult, right? Why say, do you say this one's more difficult? Because uh, let me explain it, and then you'll see. Okay. All right. This one. So we switched the scenario. Say your son was at the scene because he told you, but he's not identifiable. Like, say, for instance, it was somebody covered in a ski mask with the hat on, whatever, but nobody knew. And they, they even said it like the 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 second uh, um, suspect could not be identified because he was fully covered in gloves and a hat. Now, your son say, Mom, that's me. Right. What do you do then? Do you keep it pushing? And that for yours out there means like you keep your mouth closed and it's just between you and the sun. Or do you you tell on your son? Well, honestly, I think I would contact the attorney and ask the attorney what to do because I honestly don't. Would you do it with a hypothetical? Because I think once you know that your son has basically admitted to committing this crime, then I think you have an obligation and a duty. Say if you're not an officer, I forgot, you're an officer of the law court. So say you're not, say you're not an attorney, you're an accountant. But it's the same thing because I think you can be charged with harboring a fugitive or aiding and abetting. Once somebody has admitted to you that they've done something like that. Yeah, but you don't have to tell the judge they admitted it to you. 
You could say, I found out later he told me it was it. Well, see, that's why I would contact the attorney to find out what the yeah, By giving is. him a hypothetical, using your friend, like I did at the pre-production. I got a friend <laughs> whose son, blah, blah, blah. I'm asking know. for a friend, right. No, because once you contact an attorney, there's an attorney-client privilege. They're not going to disclose any information that you tell them unless you're about to commit a crime. But if, but if you know, you're a nice, if you're a nice individual and you didn't grow up in the criminal world, because people who grow up in the criminal world, that would be an easy decision. Oh, they don't know that was you. You good? Exactly. <laughs> keep exactly. it tight. Keep it tight. Let's make but, sure your code you don't tell on you. But I think this is a tougher situation if the person admitted it, but the the video is blurry or their face is covered and you don't know who it is. I mean, because people have been identified based on all kinds of things, the shape of their head, the... the yeah, but the, your son could be going to prison. Yeah, It's a choice. Your son could be facing eight years in prison or 10 years in prison compared to a, him I not doing... Lie. That's a, I'm not going to lie. That's a tough one. That's a right. tough one. Because ain't nobody to, checking for Ain't nobody checking for your child. So it's like, why are you going to open your big mouth? And You know what I mean? Exactly. So that makes it <laughs> difficult. Now, if your son on camera, like, and that's his <laughs> face, you know, then. Right. And that's know. what this mother had to do. And I'm sure yeah. it was a very agonizing decision for her. But. Oh, God, that's a who I, I, she probably couldn't sleep that whole week. I'm sure. That's a tough one. But I don't know what the heck is going on with these um, carjackings. Like, why Why are there so many carjackings all of a sudden? It seems like it was big back in the 80s, and, like, now it's a resurgence of carjackings. Yeah. That is crazy. What, what do you think you would do if somebody tried to carjack you? If somebody tried to carjack me? Yes. Give them the car. If they got a gun, give them the car. If, they, if they ain't showing a gun, I'm I'm peeling off. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but even if they do show a gun, I mean, what they gonna shoot you because you they're gonna shoot up the car. They're trying to take the car. They don't want the car with a bunch of bullet holes in it. Yeah. I'm thinking. So I feel like I will put the pedal to the metal too, but I don't, I just don't know because I've well, this may be your last time. <laughs> it may be your last time. But I you know the know. other question I had in this case, the kids they they motioned like they had guns, guns but they never yeah. showed them. So we yeah, really but don't they know still charged them with aggravated. What was it? Aggravated armed armed, 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 armed carjacking. Yeah, armed attempted carjacking. Yeah, because if you as a rider, you you don't know if they have a gun or not. You know, and see, I also want to find out if we can get an expert on to talk about this issue. I want to find out, like, what is the is the police officer going to be charged with with murder? Can the twelve year old be charged with felony murder? I, I doubt the police officer is going to be charged with murder. Well, actually, it was an off duty security officer with the U.S. Marshal Service. Yeah, I don't. It's probably the same same thing. You know, in terms of getting the benefit of being a police officer. What do you think? 
You know I, how they get a little leniency. Yeah, of course he is. And then, you know, you got two, you know, two African-American kids. The thing that just shocks me is these are 12, 13-year-old kids. These kids, that's what I'm saying. When like, I was 12, 13 years old, I was far from doing anything. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I'm more concerned, like, when I see... The only, what I'm when saying, see, the only money you need at 12 and 13 is money to buy a sandwich. Like, what the hell? <laughs> right. That's why I'm wondering, like, what are they doing with these cars? Once they jack the car, what are they doing? Are they selling Probably the car? They selling just the selling them. Yeah. yeah. Well, or just joy they driving riding. them to the chop shop. Or it could be joyriding, but they driving them to the chop shop. Because that's the thing. 12 and 13. You you do dumb stuff. This is this is crazy. This is like, beyond dumb. Really beyond dumb because your yeah. brain is not fully formed until you're 26. So their brains I, are because they were trying to do a carjacking, and the 13 year old, rest in peace, he's been you know charged with other things down the line. So he already turned to a criminal life. I also have a question of how far can you go to protect your personal property in DC, because. Well, this is the same the issue other we kid, had before. Right, right. Yeah, that, that didn't that was, happen because they were, but they were young when they was trying to steal the car. Right. So what's going on with these young kids in, in D.C.? And I That's, think people are just getting frustrated and just like, it's got to stop. And it's hard to have sympathy for these kids if they chose that, that life. There's other ways to hustle. I do have sympathy for the kids because they're 12 and 13 years old. That's why and we they have the requisite mind to to draw up what they were doing. When you walking up faking like you got a gun in your waist, the intent is there to scare the people out of their vehicle and take the vehicle. But you know? but what I'm saying, Dr. A, is that at 12 and 13 years old, we cannot just give up on the children. We, I, I still have hope that they can be rehabilitated and turned around. I, they, I don't think they carjacking because they, uh, I, I think they, they, they need options. People don't just carjack because they just wake up and say, let's, let's go carjack somebody. I think, if they're busy doing positive things, they don't have time to do this kind of thing. You only so, do things like this. Like you said, it could be joyride, but it could be money. So what's your reason for the money? Are you living in that abject poverty? I don't know. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is that there's only certain con conditions under which a 12 and 13 year old is going to resort to carjacking. And we need to be concerned about that. We need to be concerned about the conditions that would lead someone so young, people so young down this path. And then we need to fix that so that they have options. That's all I'm saying. And so I'm not going to give up on these children and throw them away and say they need to be killed and they, you know, all that stuff. That's I'm not saying they need to be killed, but what I'm saying is what would you do in that case? Because right now you're not thinking about the security guard or the U.S. Marshal. We don't know how traumatized they were. We don't know how old these kids do. Until you get robbed or carjacked, you don't know what it's going to do to you. It can, cause, it can cause you to have a heart attack. So That's I don't true. I don't lean on the side of these kids. Like 
let them go through punishment. I believe when they get out, they should have whatever. But why are you doing it? Like you said, you're 12 years old. Why do you need $4,000? Because to me, you can panhandle on the corner and make $15 or $20. And then you well, see, you're doing what sandwich. you always accuse me of. Because no, you don't I'm know the they're... circumstances of this of these of these kids. If you don't know if, if they're trying if to keep doing their family it, from they... being on the street. You don't oh, know. Wait, wait, what I just what did I just said? I gave them another financial option. Now, what I'm saying no, to you, you said, what do you need four thousand dollars for? I don't know, but it could be something that is necessary to keep their family start, from being on the street. Start a GoFundMe. Um, but I don't know. So I'm just saying you you're thinking at it. You accuse me of thinking about everything through my lens and through from my no, perspective. I don't yeah, like you're I, doing no, that. I asked the question, what do they you need? You said start a GoFundMe. This is a 12 and 13 year old. Maybe they didn't think of that. And so automatically they thought about car. Yeah, because that's because maybe what? what they see in the environment. Okay. Well, like I said, we don't even, we don't even know these kids. So you're right. Speculation. Right. We don't know. Because right. It's a possibility they can come from, quote unquote, good stop. What I mean by that is mm -hmm. two parents that are employed. What the hell are you doing out here doing that? Right. Because, again, the 12-year-old 12, 12 had never been in, in trouble with the law, although he had anger management issues. Yeah. He but mad because he rich and everybody possibly, else around right. him is poor. Exactly. And so that's why I think we should have compassion for children. I do. But I still think he deserves the punishment. Now, whatever they give him, I don't know how disciplined, how harsh it is. But his friend, if that's his friend, wind up being killed. Right. Yeah, I think they deserve to be punished and rehabilitated, but not killed. Mm -hmm. All right. And let us move on. Like this, keep the keep on. So today we want to talk about Oscarville, Georgia. Oscarville, Georgia was a black town that now lies beneath Lake Lanier. So for today's little known black history fact, we want to talk about drowning black towns. Drowning black towns was another form of ethnic cleansing used to take away black generational wealth and make the area wider. Drowned towns and towns and villages are drowned towns are towns and villages flooded by the creation of dams, destroyed by the advancing sea, or washed away in floods and never rebuilt. One such town is Oscarville, Georgia, which lies beneath Lake Lanier. Oscarville, Georgia was filled with black homes, businesses, and cohesiveness. After a racially motivated assault on these homes and businesses, many residents were killed and about 1,000 black people fled the town in fear. 
After these black families were forced out of their homes and chased out of town, Lake Lanier was built on top of it. Lake Lanier is now a popular weekend destination known for fishing, boating, and many other recreational activities. Lake Lanier has also um, developed a reputation of being haunted and that serves them that serves them right because i hope the ancestors are coming back to haunt all all of these people who are responsible for destroying another successful black community oscarville georgia under lake lanier our little known black history fact let us move on. Okay, our last plug of the day is always our podcast. We showcase this. We showcase this podcast back in July. Black men can't jump in Hollywood, and this is a podcast. Um, it's a comedic podcast that reviews the films of leading black actors and other actors of color and analyzes them in the context uh, i mean the context of how well the film truly promotes race diversity in hollywood um the podcast started in july of 2015 so Black men can't jump in Hollywood. And let us move on. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. So we have a bit of a tragic story. A Pennsylvania nurse killed 17 patients by overdosing them with insulin you got any quick words on that this is a registered nurse in pennsylvania named heather presdy she slipped into her patient's rooms at night and secretly administered them fatal doses of insulin and her death her actions led to the deaths of multiple people in her care ranging from the ages of 43 years old to 130 and she went undetected for nearly three years until she was arrested in December for for killing two other men. Oh my goodness. So she faces two new counts of first degree murder, 17 counts of attempted murder and 19 counts of neglect of a care dependent person in connection with crimes that have been committed at five healthcare facilities as far back as 2020. So she's been doing this for a number of years and finally yeah, got caught. She, she needs the lose her harshly punishment and, license. Yeah, she needs to lose her freedom forever. Exactly. That's awful. Yeah. That's horrible. Mm, 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 mm. And let us move on.
Okay, so we're going to give it up to the Texas Rangers World Series champion. Uh, Texas Rangers defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks in uh, four games to one in the 2023 Major League Baseball World Series. Unfortunately, at the same time, they this World Series uh, scored the lowest Nielsen rating or the lowest viewers of all time. I think it came into 9.2 million viewers a game so usually they get into the high teens uh low 20s um but hey that doesn't stop them from being world champions world champions yes it doesn't for the first time in history as you said yeah for the first time well all right i always do that when i go to that applause page He's starting to scratch. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. As always, uh, we start with our plugs. Our product, Hawaiian Punch. Our plug brand, Faces, Body, and Soul. Plug podcast, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Words of Wisdom from Harry Belafonte. My activism always existed. My art gave me the platform to do something about the activism. What's going on? Joe Smith's wife, Starts the OnlyFans page. He feels Keisha, his wife's name, disrespected him. A&T juxtaposed the NC State compared to NC State in North Carolina was grossly underfunded by $2 billion. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, uh, the football team, is under investigation for a cheating scandal. They were stealing signs and signals from other schools in the Big Ten. And then Matt and Ryan Bewley um, are being treated unfairly by the NCAA. Our scenario, we dealt with the 12-year-old carjacker whose moms turned him in. Would you turn him in? Our little-known black history fact was Lake Lanier. Our hell no went to Pennsylvania nurse. And we gave it up to the Texas Rangers, the new World Series champions. And with that being said. Thank you, everybody, for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love, peace, and knowledge to feed your soul. Knowledge to feed that soul. Y'all have a great week. See you next week.